0: Hey, Nelson Alcoholic Addict. That's not my real name. It's a pen name that I came up with to use here at my newsletter. I specifically remember the first time I saw the dead, seven deadly sins mentioned in sober literature because I groaned out loud. I, d- I didn't love having something so specifically attached to religion in a program that is spiritual, not religious. And for someone like me, that's a bad association. I came into the program. Ready to argue about that kind of thing because I, I wanted wanted sobriety. I didn't want a religious conversion. I, I just didn't have a lot of uh, good experiences with religion in the past. So I was I was on the lookout for anything that might be a little too religious So, but I got over got over it pretty quick because I heard I had wise people in my sober life who explained to me that you don't have to be religious. You can pick whatever higher power you want. You can say the prayers at the meetings or not, you know, you can get a higher power and then change it every month if you want. Uh, You can go to church or not. It's your call. You know, I have mentioned in this newsletter many times that I sat down with someone and asked them about their higher power once. I said, who's your higher power? And he (laughs) he said to me, oh, great question. I'm actually between higher powers right now. I'm looking at some candidates and And it made me laugh, and it also was quite poignant for me because I realized, like, oh, you, this is, you know, it's important, but it's also not a decision that you make and then you're tied to for the rest of your life, and it's just, it's not that complicated. Find something bigger than you and lean on it, right? So as far as the seven deadly sins are involved, it turns out I have grown to like them because it's a pretty good list of seven things I really need to watch out for. And as a reminder, these seven deadly sins are pride, anger, greed, gluttony, lust, envy, and sloth. I'll say them one more time. Pride, anger, greed, gluttony, lust, envy, and sloth. I only remember them because I have a sober friend who always uses the acronym Paggles. Uh, if you look back on a pride, anger, greed, gluttony, lust, envy, sloth, boom, paggles, there you go. Um, I'm talking about this today because I was at a meeting recently where we discussed the seven deadly sins in an interesting way. I'd never, never heard them quite presented this way. Someone started the meeting by saying that they like the list, but they don't like the framing of it. The seven deadly part, because it's so dark and it's Foreboding, and it is associated with an eternity spent in hell if you do these things. And um, she also said that the reason we have this list is because they're in all of us, as in their natural human instincts that even the most spiritually healthy people in the history of the world have dealt with. Like Gandhi had envy and greed, and Mother Teresa must have felt sloth and gluttony from time to time, you know. If you spend any time with cute little kids who don't wake up trying to be evil, you will see all of the paggles, you know, and it's because they're, they're part of us. They're part of our, our, natural, our natural beings. And so her point was she didn't like these things that are na- absolutely naturally within all of us she didn't like them to be characterized as terrible and deadly and, oh, no, you know, because if that was the case, why did our higher powers put them in there at all, you know? It's like being, um, it's like characterizing breathing, you know, as as being a terrible sin. It's like, um, you know, it's part of us, and that really struck me, and then, then later on in the meeting, my head exploded a little bit more because another guy started explaining how each of the seven deadly sins, I'm doing air quotes, seven deadly sins, they actually can be viewed pretty positively if you have it in the right doses. And I think the key phrase there is in the right doses. And so he, what he meant by that is he started talking about each one of the seven, and he described scenarios where you can make the case that they're wonderful things. They're not deadly sins. They're wonderful parts of us. And for instance, uh, I made a long list uh, with pride. I have pride in my recovery. I have I take pride in brushing my teeth and washing my clothes and not being a grotesque person walking around an unhealthy person. I, I work hard in my professional life and I take pride in some of that work. And I definitely take pride in when I help someone else out, you know, with anything in life, including sobriety, you know, to see a newcomer come in and succeed in sobriety, like I take pride in that. It's awesome. Anger. It's an emotion that's, uh, you know, it's pretty much always bad. But if you sub in, if you look up the synonyms for anger, you know, there's some words like displeasure, exasperation. And there are scenarios where a a micro dose of displeasure or exasperation might be a good motivating emotion. For instance, you know, displeasure and exasperation got me into, into, into rehab. You know, I couldn't do it anymore. So... On some level, that motivated me. And you know, another example: let's say your town's mayor stole the entire town budget to buy himself a yacht and a mansion and a bunch of other stuff. Or imagine that uh, you know a company has been overcharging senior citizens for their prescriptions, and you start a petition to force them to make things right. That seems like anger directed in the right direction, doesn't it? Uh, Greed, also not. I'm I'm not a fan of greed. It was hard to come up with. (laughs) With a way that greed can be good, but, um, you know, if you think about it, if you run a small business and um, Walmart drops in and starts competing with you in the same town and you do really well and Walmart has to shut down business because you do a really good job, that could be technically characterized as greed, right? Same with lots of other business scenario where one person might see greed and other people might see, uh, you know, socially acceptable capitalism, that kind of thing. Um, I'll admit figuring out good greed is not my favorite activity. So it might be, you know, good greed might be the way to the wrong way to frame it. And it might be better to just say like, sometimes greed is not absolutely horrible. So gluttony and sloth. Uh, that could be you saving up money all year to go on vacation for a week. And on that vacation, you just you sleep in every morning. You lay on the beach all day. You just don't do anything but it soak up the sun. And at night, you eat ridiculous amounts of food all night and you recharge yourself as a human and you have a wonderful time. Uh, is that gluttony and sloth? I, you know, kind of. But it sounds great. <laughs> Let's go. I love it. Um, envy. Uh, another one, mostly bad, but in recovery, I always say that I find people who have what I want, which I isn't, that seems like kind of a positive version of envy, isn't it? You're looking at this person and saying, oh yeah, yeah, that's when I grow up, that's what I want to be. I want to have some of that. I love meeting sober people who have some character asset that I don't. And then I try to learn it from them. And deep down, that's pretty much envy. I think last but not least lust. I won't get too deep in the woods on that one. Nobody really I <laughs> don't think you need to hear my voice riffing too much on lust, but I actually looked up the definition and it's pretty interesting. Uh the most commonly viewed uh the most common definition is intense sexual desire, but it has some other definitions. Um it it can mean intense longing uh or it can mean enthusiasm/eagerness and the intense sexual desire thing can be very bad for sure. Lust has – there's a lot of bad behaviors associated with that. But but we're also human beings with a natural inclination to procreate. So like, you know, a certain amount of lust is supposed to happen to carry on the species, I think, right? Um, and then the other two definitions, you know, for sure – you want to be lustful sometimes. Like I was struck by the example sentences for those other two definitions. Like, uh, it said, uh, a lust to succeed is one use. If you put it in a sentence, a lust to succeed. Another one is we admired his lust for life and man. Okay. So a lust to succeed can be pretty good in certain circumstances, right? I think with most newcomers trying to stop drinking vodka all day, uh, You probably want to see a lust to succeed, I think, and I think you know with your job, whatever you do for a living, like a lust to be good at that, that doesn't seem necessarily bad. Again, in the right doses, Um, if you're pushing people off the off a cliff so that you can get promoted, I don't think that's what they mean. But if you wake up every day and you punch in for the day and you try to be really good at your job, I mean, I guess that's lust. Then is that bad? I don't think so. And also, like. We admired his lust for life is one of the sentences. I, I want a lust for life, don't I? You know, in that context, lust seems like the ultimate compliment. I got sober because I wanted to find a lust for life again, and I mostly have, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, so that's a good thing in my opinion, too. With all of that in mind, you know, the, the longer I thought about it, I thought, man, we, the seven deadly sins, if this was our company, they would hire a brand manager or marketing expert, <laughs> to repackage the seven deadly sins because they don't they seem like they might have a positive side to them so thanks for letting me share